Disclaimer, Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slaying Demons, a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I am your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, are my lovely co-hosts, Jules and Nevermore. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. (laughs) You guys always do the funniest hello voices. It's crazy. (laughs) It's it's kind of a mix of Mrs. Doubtfire and, you know, helium. (laughs) (laughs) Like if Mrs. Doubtfire got kicked in the balls. hot (laughs) oh so jules you had a um i don't know i don't know what to call it a a a life changing skin changing anyways event this week do you want to do you want to share your super awesome story with us (laughs) yeah so it was uh so i got a tattoo (laughs) yay yay i am 42 years old i have never been tattooed in my life and i've always wanted to do it and i never knew what i was going to do and how i was going to do it and um as it turned out my friend um pat crane who i work with and uh from converterade and his lovely wife the lady crane as we call her (laughs) um she had gone Actually, they had gone to go get tattoos for a family type of thing um, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, to symbolize Pat's father's passing. Mm-hmm. And his wife had gotten this beautiful arm sleeve tattoo, like around her arm, of wine grapes and leaves. It was gorgeous. This guy knew exactly how to do this color. And Pat was like, I've always wanted, now that I've gotten my first one, I want to get a crane on my calf. He was always wanting to do this, and we'd been talking about it. And I'm like, you so know, what, I don't what know. was his first one then? If if the crane, like now that he's gotten his first one, he's getting a crane. What was the first one that he got? It was a family thing that I can't talk about. It oh, okay, private. okay. No, yeah, that's that's why so I was just, I was just curious yeah. because to me, I'm like a crane. His last name is Crane. Like that is a kick ass tattoo. Like I would have gotten that when I was 18. <laughs> Yes. And, uh, but he, you know, it was all, all of his, his siblings and his wife got this family, uh, uh, joint tattoo. Like they all got one that was just for them. It was private. And, um, but he said, now I want to do like, now that I know what it feels like and I know what I, what's up. And he told me, he's like, it feels like a bad sunburn. It's, you know, it does sting, but it's not terrible. And, uh, so on Sunday I'm out and about doing shopping and I, he, I sent him a text on something and he goes, hey, we're going over to the tattoo parlor today. Do you want to come? And I'm like, okay. This is, <laughs> uh, this is also the problem with tattoos. And so far I've been um, holding off on a second one. But once you start, 
It's really hard not to just like they, the only thing usually holding you back is just like income. It's just like, yes, okay, I really can't justify. Me back, yeah. Yes. Terrified that I'm the type of person who will like faint and pass out or something like, I, like it's not that the needles scare me. I'm just afraid how my body like will react. Yeah. I don't know. But that yeah. and, and my OCD is like, what if they fuck up the face? What if they fuck up the face? <laughs> and then it's on me forever because I want um, certain characters. So I... Characters are... They're a little bit different, though, because they're, like... I'm assuming you mean, like, cartoon characters. Because I'm thinking you must mean, like, Nightmare Before Christmas something, right? Like, well, okay. <laughs> I've debated between a Tim Burton themed sleeve like half sleeve of yeah. like not just nightmare but maybe some others mixed in but the one that i really want incorporates sylvanas mm. but and still I'm cartoony like, she can't be messed up like, <laughs> she can't have like a dirt face or like a nip slip or something i'm like it has to like look like her oh. but i found an artist who i really like enjoy her work on Instagram. So I kind of want to see if like he'll take, if Ben will take me to like, go have like a consultation. You, know, you can go. Yeah. A consultation, like go meet yep. her, find out about how much it would be. Cause Which, um, her, you should do all that stuff anyway, when you're getting a tattoo. I know I researched oh, the crap out of mine because uh, for those of you who don't know, mine is on the back of my neck and it's the, um, the high ruling, uh, Royal seal. So it's like the, um, very geometric, um, Phoenix looking kind of bird. And so it's, but it's symmetrical, it's geometric, like it's very, if you mess that up, it's going to be really, really noticeable. So I, I spent a lot of time, I was looking for a girl who did, or well, not necessarily a girl, it ended up being a girl, but uh, looking for an artist who did something that was, you know, a lot of symmetrical work, a lot of like straight, clear lines. And um, I actually ended up having to drive like four hours from where I was living at the time to to get her to do it. And she was also a color specialist because mine is mine is all blue. There's no black lines to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kept telling me, she's like, it's going to bleed. You need an outline. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't care if it bleeds. I don't want a black outline. I want it to blend into my skin. And I was very specific. But um, yeah, like doing your research is really, really important because it's going to be on you forever, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. And that's what freaks me out. And I, and I, I love how everybody's are different and stuff, but I don't like the ones that just feel like it's like, um, where like if you have a person and it's just like, it's like the top of them and then it fades out to like nothing. I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't do that. Like there needs to be like a border or <laughs> some sort of end to yeah. it. I just, I can't, ugh. I've seen like the picture of like tattoo fails and stuff and I just, I can't do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very nerve wracking, and it that's what held me back for such a long time was how do you find an artist, right? How do you find somebody that's going to do a great job? And so this guy, um, it works for one of the top tattoo parlors in um in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and so it was like okay, you know, like they've been they're like voted best of the Twin Cities for like you know umpteen years running, and uh, so I met the guy. Um, Pat met him too, and the, you know he had a design actually drawn by this artist. Oh, cool! Mine, okay. I brought the design with me, and I said I want this design with this color scheme or this kind of color scheme. And so I'll show the chat room. It's going to be hard for you guys to see it, but it's you need to put it phone. like basically right in front of your face or where your face <laughs> normally goes. Because yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Very nice. So, it's, hard it's so pretty. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, so, and it's got the watercolor background. Uh, it's super swollen right now and it hurts, but it's it was amazing to have done. And just to kind of explain... I have to like, I'm watching the stream as I'm like coming around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the thing about like, I had a moment or two where I felt like I was getting lightheaded because it did hurt. Um, And then it just kind of eased, you know, if you, if you bring a friend like Ben's there talking to you, make sure he talks to you through like most of it. Um, Uh, How how long did yours take? Uh, a full amount with all the color took about 30 minutes. Oh, geez. Yours was fast. Mine was, yeah. uh, mine was an hour and 30. Yeah. And Which you pay was... by the hour, right? Like, no, not always. No, oh, really? Okay. No. Or they'll tell you a set fee or something like that. See, I think if I want the detail that I'm looking for, I'll probably have to do where they just do the outline first, probably. Yeah. You'll probably for color. Well, and that's kind of the better way to do it too, because uh, not so much for you, yours, Jules, because you have very like a very minimalist type of a design, but yep. like uh, Nevermore, where you're talking about like Sylvanas and you know like more detailed stuff with detailed armor and stuff you're going to want outlines around. Then your skin, like Jules mentioned, it really swells. So mm-hmm. then that can throw off like the line work and where stuff is and where the color goes if you haven't kind of let that heal and then have the color done over top. So yeah, yeah. if you're and it depends on the size of the design too. Like if you're talking about a full arm, then or even a half sleeve, then you're going to want outlines first, color later. And probably if it's that much surface area of your skin, you're probably going to want multiple sessions too. So like going in and having like your dark colors done and then your highlights in another session or stuff like that. Like it's probably going to be multiple visits. Um, But I mean, that's the best way to do it. That's the way to get the best results. So yeah. I'd also recommend. I love tattoos so much. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I would actually recommend too, if you're thinking about doing it, you're not sure, especially like a, like a a cap sleeve or something like that. So maybe just do a small one to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know know, something. Yeah. I I just have to figure out what. Yeah. I I know. I know. And that's because that's what took me so long. In the back of my mind for forever, so that's why it's like, uh, yeah, okay. So if the game ended tomorrow, would I still think she was kick ass and like (laughs) it means something to me? Yes. Like, have I always loved Tim Burton? Everything? Yes. (laughs) So like, I've been really picky about it, and like, there's a couple things I would do maybe family wise, um, like you were saying earlier, but for the most part, that's like what I keep leading. Maybe I'll do like a Nevermore thing, like a little yeah. raven or something just to test the water. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like I said, it hurt. Um, it's uncomfortable today. It's been aching, but it's so temporary. I mean, mm-hmm. and the, the beauty of it and the fact that you have this now and it means something so much. Um, I really, you know, I, I would do it again. Um, I want to this to heal like a long time from now <laughs> before I do another one because it hurts. Yeah. But, uh, but I it was a great experience. I got mine in 2009. Yeah, 2009. I got it on my birthday. And the reason that I did it was there was a whole bunch of, you know, personal stuff and it was very milestone and it took me a really, really long time to figure out what exactly I wanted. Like, I always knew I wanted one and I loved watching like all those like tattoo reality shows and stuff like that. And I just, um, 
really, really wanted it, really knew that I wanted one, but didn't know exactly what and and where I was going to put it. Because I was like, I always want to be able to hide it, but I also want to be able to show it off if I want to. That's a good idea. I didn't even think about that, that when you have your hair down, you can't see it and stuff. Well, obviously, but I just never realized that was part of your thinking for that spot. Yeah, it was. And it was also, I kind of figured, because I thought maybe like on my hip or something too, but then I was like, if I ever get fat, then it's going to get like really stretched out and crazy. And I was like, well, what the heck part of my body doesn't stretch out? And I was like, well, I don't want a tramp stamp. And I was like... Maybe I'll just put it on the back of my neck. Because <laughs> okay, hopefully so I'm never going to get fat enough that the back of my neck starts to stretch. Then that's going to be a real big problem. <laughs> that's a really good point, though. So what about, what do they tell you about, like, weight? Like, so if I go get it, like, on my calf and then I lose weight, like, what, how will that affect? Like the the image, do they tell you that when you go get tattoos? Um, not really, but I mean, like I was more thinking along the lines of like, like you were mentioning. I think it was in the pre-show, the whole like um, tattoo horror stories, like tattoos gone wrong and stuff. And you see the things like this used to be a Playboy bunny before I got pregnant, and it's just like this blue <laughs> smear across the side of their stomach. But even those reality shows kind of ruin it for you when they zoom in and they're like, "Hey, your hands like all like crooked out there." Like I'm like, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> or I like know. they do a person and they hide the hands on purpose because they can't do it right. I'm just like, I need to see your whole portfolio since you started, like right now. <laughs> well, and most times they're gonna actually do a full stencil of it mm-hmm. and put the put it on your skin, yeah, so that you see it where the position is, like where, it, and then they trace it, yeah. So they've designed it first. You're approving the design. And then, you know, like those tattoo reality shows, they're literally just drawing on someone's skin a lot of times. Well, for, yeah. And I, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff where like everything that I used to watch was like back when reality shows like just started. So it was still like there was a lot of reality in the show. <laughs> so it was the whole stencil process and everything else. And I always loved seeing that going from like the blank canvas through all the steps. And then, you know, they always had like the the after after so they usually had like the immediate after which is always you know really vibrant because your skin's all red and underneath right so it really makes the colors bright and then you know after a few weeks of healing and stuff so anyways not that we're gonna go yeah I, oh, Miami ink oh. <laughs> anyways <laughs> having tattoo show, flashbacks yeah but uh, but yeah, so uh, tattoo wise, though, I think it's it is really important. And Jules and I had the exact same experience. We had, you know, like big things happen in our lives. And then we finally went like, OK, it's time, you know, like very milestoney. Like I know exactly what I was thinking, where I was and all my reasons behind exactly what I had put on the back of my neck. And that's never going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, mine is to to always remind me to remember the things that I love the most, even when things are the, at their worst. And, you know, cats and color, you know, are <laughs> like some of the things that make me the happiest in yeah. life. And so it was like, yeah, bright colors and cats. If I ever need it, there's a reminder right mm-hmm. on my arm. Look it right at me. So the colors remind me of your backdrop. How your yeah. Backdrop yes. It's kind of like all color and like going like from different like I love color and I've always loved color and like mixes of color. It's been like that. You know, when I was a kid, rainbows were my thing. You know, like I just loved rainbows. Hey, you're talking to Ms. Unicorn over here. I understand. Unicorn girl. 
<laughs> she gets it. Um, like, you know, I was, I was, uh, bought misfit and I had, um, I had like our centerpieces were rainbow and unicorns. <laughs> That's so cute. I, I love how you died. both are like rainbows and unicorns. And Nevermore's like Tim Burton and black and <laughs> skeletons <laughs> and ravens. Yes, I think the stream died. Oh, did it? Oh, no. Yep. Oh, that's funny because it says, oh, okay. It says it reconnected. All right. So the recording still should be fine. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to see it. Try refresh. It's funny how you're talking yeah, about basement <laughs> because so the Sylvanas I want is her not in the newest armor, but I think the one before that, not her mm-hmm. like on the Zeppelin thing, but um, <laughs> with the lamenters behind her. Yeah. And the lady who I found actually does kind of similar to what Jules got. It's um, she does a lot of like, okay, here's the lines, but here's like watercolor splashes like behind it. So yeah. what I want is for her to do Sylvanas really detailed and then without the line outlines, just do wispy lamenters, whatever. But when you're talking about placement, I'm like, I'm going to get it on my boobs and be like, they're stingy. <laughs> <laughs> so Sylvanas right oh, here. man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm wow. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm like, I just want like a temporary tattoo of that for boobs cause. Please do. Just and so Sylvanas can make like your boobs sing. Your boobs <laughs> doing the song being like, oh. <laughs> Ben's just ignoring me. <laughs> As he probably should. <laughs> oh, man. So that is uh, just a really, really <laughs> light introduction to this week's episode of Slaying Demons. <laughs> um, I guess we should probably get this train back on track and talk about our demons of the week. So, uh, Jules, do you want to go first this week? Sure, I'll go. I'll go first this week. Um, my demon of the week is one that I actually have just recently kind of discovered or I've kind of known it's there but it was really brought to my attention within the last couple weeks and I think it's a good one and that is finding my own voice when I'm not liking a situation or I'm uncomfortable without feeling like I'm being a bitch about it or even if you feel like you're being a bitch about it being okay with the fact that you're being a bitch about it because it's not a good situation (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean it really all depends because here's the thing I was raised, and a lot of us are raised, to be polite. Canadian, I understand that. (laughs) Get this. And um, so, okay, so I haven't told anybody except these ladies and a couple of other friends. But in in about about a week ago or about a week and a half ago, I'm single, newly single, and I decided to dip my toe into the online dating scene. And, uh... I guess I'm some kind of freaking unicorn or something <laughs> because I was like getting bombarded with these messages of, you know, like, cause I was, I, I very much like put my profile out there that, you know, I'm definitely looking for a nerdy guy. I'm a nerdy girl. I'm, you know, got a lot of stuff going on in the nerd world. And, um, so I met this guy like within an hour of making a profile on this online dating site and he was a total nerd and he plays wow and it's all this stuff and he 
after about a couple hours of talking, asks me to go out with him. And so long story short, this guy, while nice, put me in some positions that I was not comfortable with and made me feel uncomfortable with the fact that he was coming on to me too strong. Hmm. And, you know, like physically coming on to me, trying to kiss me, you know, draping his arm around my shoulders, this kind of thing. And I was not, I was not really comfortable, but I wasn't sure personally, like how to not be like, yo dude, like, could you not? Yeah. (laughs) Bubble. I have a bubble. You're not allowed in the bubble yet. (laughs) Well, because, and you know, the thing is, is like, I should be able to say these things. I should be able to be like, yo dude, I'm not comfortable with you trying to make out with me right now. I've Mm -hmm. just met you. And, but for some reason I couldn't find my own voice and I got very nervous and very uncomfortable and had a very difficult time speaking my mind about things until he made some kind of joke about how I could just stay over (laughs) at his place. And I literally just went, I am not staying at your place. And he just kind of went like, he just like backed up. And I was just like, and I didn't even know where that came from, but it was like, he hit that button where I was like. No, <laughs> that's kind of the problem, right? Is that if you just let yourself be passive and uncomfortable for fear of making the other person uncomfortable or think bad things about you, eventually you will hit your breaking point. And then when you hit your breaking point, it's usually like just a dam bursting and a flood and just this like huge reaction that comes out of nowhere to them because you've been quiet and polite up until then. So he's probably like, oh yeah, all this is going great. She seems to like to kiss me. She wants me around her and in her space and stuff. And I'm just gonna, you know, next step, float this question. And you're like, no, I hate you and you're terrible and get out. (laughs) And he's like, what? (laughs) And you're like, well, actually you've been making me uncomfortable for days and I just didn't say anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that is, I mean, I... I guess my part of it is like, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I was not able to verbalize what I was yeah. feeling. And part of it is my own process is like, I, when I am in a position like that and I don't get time to think about it, <laughs> I don't get time to process it. I don't know what to do when I'm in a position where I don't have like, I don't have a lot of experience with this. I haven't dated since like 10 plus years. I don't know a lot of what to do at this point. Well, and and a lot of yeah. it too, like, like you said, you haven't dated in over 10 years. So you're talking like now there is online dating. Now there is Facebook. Now there is social media and Twitter and now podcasts. Like, Tinder, which, the, the, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, I don't think I, Jules is a Tinder person. <laughs> no. I, I know she's not, but my God, like I've heard people talk about it and I'm like, why do you think this is a good life decision? Like, really? <laughs> I just, I don't understand it. I mean, just regular online dating apps and stuff back in the day when I used them, like still those weren't fun. Like, so I don't get the Tinder shit. Like it's all, it's all about volume. It's free. It's tied to Facebook. It's easy to sign up for. So you are going to see way more people on Tinder than you are on any other kind of dating site. You don't have to write a profile. You don't have to anything. You just have to say, here's my face. Go. <laughs> so and most of the I, time it is, it's like the neck down. Yeah, and I it is it is very um because of that, whenever you get large groups of people, you tend to get the best and the worst. <laughs> so 
So yeah. you have to you have to then weed through. It's like shopping at Winners. <laughs> like sometimes you go there and you have to sift through ten racks of clothes, but yeah. when you find something you like, it's like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Jules, do you know what she's talking reference. about? I know. Oh. <laughs> Like, okay. What? Okay. So uh, let me see. Uh, I don't actually know if you have an equivalent in the states. You must. It's but probably it, like TJ Maxx. It I'm thinking like, like Ross. Yeah. It's yeah, basically it's like, like um, they're all. It's all brand name clothes. It's like overstock type stuff. So it's always cheaper. But you have to sift through. They might have like one of something. So you have to sift through like clo- thing after that, and it's all total shit. Except for then you find one thing, and you're like, oh my god, I got this like amazing jacket for. $25 and it's a brand name thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Invested how much time to actually find that damn jacket. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what Tinder is like. It's a, and you can go to winners for weeks on end and never find anything. And then all of a sudden you find this super amazing, like diamond in the rough. So right. can yeah. you tell that in my, in my in between boyfriend's time, I tried Twinder, <laughs> Twinder, Tinder. Twinder. Yeah. Twinder. Yeah, Twinder. Kind of app. <laughs> I don't even know. Tell you. <laughs> I was like, I don't Twinder. even know what what twin. Oh, because twins. Be a oh, okay. Threesome with twins. <laughs> we just created something. We need to make this. <laughs> Profit yes. right there. Step one. Wow. <laughs> Step three, profit. <laughs> oh, man. I, would so. never, I, I do not want to try Tinder. I will never try Tinder because that is exactly what the problem is. And so I tried an actual like online dating site and, um, you know, and it, I lasted on there for less than a week and said, I am not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I disabled my Very account. It is very overwhelming. It is. It was stressful. It was feeling very like I was getting messages every hour of the day. And it was literally like, hey, baby, hey, sexy. And I'm like, this is just this is too much. I'm just looking for a connection. But I I also was in that that situation of like, if I can't even find my own voice to have to tell someone who's going coming on too strong that I don't feel comfortable with this, I'm not ready to start dating yet. Mm -hmm. So that's why. um, So been doing a lot of thinking about it it's like you know what this has been a problem for me for quite some time because i want to be nice to people and i want to be polite and i don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or be rude but i still don't have those skills to be able to be assertive without feeling like i'm being a royal bitch Mm -hmm. it's hard yeah it's something that i struggle with a lot too because i know um for me it's just like i i vent to other people it's like I have, and you guys know this, <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are my people. And I find, I used to do it at work too. I had a really close friend at work who um, I would literally go in every morning. She actually, she she worked underneath me. She was my subordinate, but um, I never had to manage her. She was always just awesome. And she'd been there for like 15 years doing the same job. So like, I never had to... It was never like a problem. In hindsight, I shouldn't have probably unloaded as much as I did. But like we would just like I would go in every morning and she'd be like, oh, how are you? And we would talk about everything that's going on and how frustrated she was with her boyfriend and talk about how frustrated I was with my boyfriend. And, you know, we'd have these like big bitch sessions. And then, you know, like we'd talk about all the work things and everything that needed to happen in our department. And, you know, it was just like 
the same frustrating conversations over and over and over and over and over again, but it never actually got anything accomplished because I, well, until quite later on in my work, once I knew I was leaving and I didn't care anymore, then I started speaking my mind to other people. And it was actually really funny to see because once I started actually speaking my mind to other people, everyone was like, basically the same reaction as your guide, Jules. Like, wait, what do you mean this isn't working? What do you mean that we don't that you don't like this and, and your department is thinking this and you want to see it go in this direction? Like, we had no idea that all this stuff was going on. And yeah. it's just like, if I had found it in myself to actually go and put these ideas forward to people other than, you know, basically my right-hand woman, then, you know, something might have actually happened in the in the time that I was at my job as opposed to, you know, just me sitting there being angry and frustrated for yeah. fear of being seen as as pushy or a bitch or, you yeah. know, all these other terrible things that tend to or we at least think people are going to think about us. And, you know, perceptions about us is actually <laughs> is my demon of this week. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure that my issue this week is also very much um, internal and, and me projecting ideas and feelings on other people about me that actually aren't the way that they feel and see me. But um, but yeah, so I, I feel like they kind of, they go together quite well. <laughs> I yeah, say, it, I, it relates to what we've, we've already talked about. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, wow, like, there's so much that you're explaining to Jules of like it, like how she's feeling, and I was like, Jocelyn, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way because I'm thinking of things about myself too. And I'm like, you know what? That's true. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we're learning things from each other. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it it helps, and it it is so powerful to think about. You know, part of it was for me like to think about why I was feeling the way I was, and then I thought about it and said this is actually a really good opportunity for me to talk about it on slang demons Mm -hmm. because I can acknowledge it and state it out loud and put it out there in the universe and say, this is a problem that I know I have. And I can't say that I'm necessarily going to actually fix it right away, but at least I can recognize this, the, the traits of it. Um, and to be able to just say, you know what, girl, you are not ready to start dating yet. It's too soon for you. Um, was a big thing. Like mm-hmm. I could admit and say, I am overwhelmed and not feeling comfortable with this, even though I thought I was ready. I'm not, you know, well, and I'm sure the that's good feeling that you're potentially ready is also something that probably comes from people outside of you a lot, because I know I'm sure it's sort of the same sort of situation as say, um, couples who just get married. You've got, you know, the people who never seem to be happy with you and your life the way it is. So, you know, they see someone get married and they go, when are the kids coming? And you're just like, seriously, we're literally sipping champagne at our wedding. Can you just back the fuck off for two seconds? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure it's the same thing. Like, you know, you're going through a divorce. You're going through a really hard time. You've moved to a new city. And I'm sure that there's people saying to you, are you going to get out there dating again? Like, oh, what's who's who's going to be the lucky? guy and you're just like seriously can't i just be a lucky cat lady on my own (laughs) (laughs) like is that okay with you for a second here (laughs) there's pressure there's pressure to say you know why aren't you coupled off you know why aren't you you know why don't you find somebody else and um you know i just had to i had to take away the the pressure on myself because i think as women we put a lot of value Mm -hmm. on feeling like we are somebody if we have somebody yeah. And it's not okay for you to not have someone 
and, and be single and it's not, you're not, you're not okay. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, I am. I am. And when I am ready for somebody to be in my life, the rules are going to be different than just like, we're going to meet each other and we're going to have a beautiful relationship and we're going to get married and we're going to have this white picket fence house. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, I mean, the rules are going to be different now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and shout out to Hachikumo who is totally tying it into pre-show stuff. He said, dating should be treated the same way as a tattoo. Do some homework, some practice and as preparation. Yeah, I was so- going to point out the exact same comment <laughs> because that's like nail on the head. Do you know, like we're, we're talking about, you know, a small, like two or three square inches of skin. And we're worried about the impact and how that is going to be with us for the rest of our lives. And should we or shouldn't we? And can we actually afford the investment and all the rest that we were talking oh about with tattoos? And that's tattoos, people. <laughs> but And then we're just like, oh, yeah, I'm totally dating that guy that I met online after two hours. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good point, Hachikimo. It's yeah. a good observation. Yeah. It really is. So, so that is my demon. And Joss, you've kind of dipped into yours already. So I think it's good to just transition to that. Yeah, a little bit. We have talked about it a little bit. And actually, I put in the notes um, basically like dealing with cliques. But I think that that's maybe a little bit too reductive. I don't necessarily think that it's um, cliques necessarily. It's basically just the feeling of being ignored and left out. And I, as I, as I mentioned, I'm sure that, um, the, the situations that I have been in, the reason for the creation of the situations has absolutely nothing to do with me. And the people who are involved are people who I've known for a really long time and have never really had issues with. And, you know, like who have always treated me fairly and positively and you know I would call them friends outside of the situations and you know so I feel like um I'm reading too much into it (laughs) but um it's just like it seemed for some reason in the past week there were multiple situations with multiple different people where I was like banging my head against the desk And there's like, at one point, I was like, I'm really glad that my mic is muted because I literally screamed out loud. I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, Matt just turned to me and he's laughing because he knows exactly what's going on. And I'm just like, I I don't know what I would do if I was actually in person with this person right now. I think I might hit him in the face (laughs) because I'm just, I'm so frustrated. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, I've been saying things to multiple different groups of people for multiple different reasons and situations, but I've been saying things for months and just being ignored or not being heard or, you know, whatever the case may be, but I'm just feeling left out and like my decisions and my input just doesn't matter. So, like, I guess it's kind of a feeling of being, like, walked all over in some cases. Um, In others, it's just like I've said this over and over and over and over, and then someone has come back and said, oh, man, I'm so glad that we got somebody else to blah, blah, because we really need this thing. And I'm like, I've been saying I would do the thing for eight months. I think my brain's going to explode. (laughs) So, yeah. And that's, to me, that sounds like a lack of respect. Mm. not feeling respected, you know, that your opinions don't matter, that your perspective isn't heard. 
and I feel like it it's possible that you know they're they are just unable to talk to me in some cases um like the lines of communication have broken down and not from a not from a personality standpoint from a um technology standpoint I'm trying because the uh, there's some sensitive situations so I, I can't go into too too much detail but yeah. um but yeah so I feel like in in some cases it's that in other cases it's like whenever I deal with this person they're also they're always really busy and I'm never the top priority and that's just the way I interact with this person. It's just the situation. So yeah. um, so I feel like whenever I've said, oh, I'll do the thing, the person is just totally thinking about something else. Like so many things are going on that they're just, oh, yeah, that, okay, that's great. But they're not actually like hearing it. Yeah. So then, you know, uh, the result of all of this is I'm like, okay, I've been saying this thing for months and months and months. So do I not matter? Do I even belong here? Should I even be doing this anymore? Like, <laughs> table flip, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I, I have been feeling a little bit um, invisible mm-hmm. lately. And I really don't know if that's on me to fix or if that's just I need to accept it or if I need to say this probably isn't actually what's going on. Like, I, I don't know. how to, I don't know how to deal with my demon. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough demon. And, you know, uh, the, the advice that I can give on this situation is that your, your, your interaction with this person has to literally be a I need you to listen to everything I'm talking about right now. It is very important that we have this conversation because I need you to hear me. Mm -hmm. And then the words that you choose are very important in this respect too. It is when you do this, I feel this. When you don't listen to what I have said, it makes me feel like you don't think I matter. Mm -hmm. You're, or so you're in the giving in, example, yeah. In so, in this specific case, I feel like uh, the person thinks I can't do it, so they're just like, "Well, I'm yeah. going to pretend that she hasn't said anything because I really have no confidence in her as a person." So I'm just going to glaze over and like move on to something else instead of acknowledging that she said this thing and offered this service, and I'm just going to you know forget that she said anything and. And then so it's yeah. so hurtful because then like literally the ex- like they're putting somebody else into the position to do the exact same thing that I've been saying that I was going to do like exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then and and then saying things like oh my god I'm so glad this has finally happened. I can't believe it's taken us so long. It would have been so great to have this months ago like blah 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 and I'm like it's so insulting yeah and you know and it so those kinds of things you know the the, the choice of words that you use are really important because you're not accusing someone of doing something Mm -hmm. you're saying when you do this i feel this way and it gives them an opportunity to explain their behavior mm -hmm. this comes back again though to actually to your demon and this is how i was saying that they actually kind of tie together this week because um i have a lot of conversations with people like you guys and matt And I find it very difficult to then have those difficult conversations with the people who actually need to hear the content. And I mean, and I do have, like I mentioned, there's a couple of different situations. So one is a little bit um, less serious, but driven by, I think, like, um, 
kind of this is where the the feeling invisible and the and the offering to do the job that's one situation and then there's another situation which is just feeling left out and that's mm-hmm. the technology thing where you know like one person in the group can still talk to another person but I can't do the thing that they're doing so then they're doing things without me and on a project that I should be equally contributing to. So then I feel like I'm getting a lot of the information as it's already decided, as opposed to like being part of the conversation. So they're kind yeah. of like two different situations, kind of similar, but kind of different and driven by different things. Um, but in both situations, I need to have conversations. And I really don't know how to do that because I feel like nothing's going to change. <laughs> Taxes. Not wanting to confront something. If you don't confront it, it'll just kind of do its thing. I agree with Jules. I think you should just have a convo, a private mm-hmm. convo. Yep. It's but the it's the getting to the point of actually making the convo happen and having the courage to do it, which I completely understand every moment of that feeling because it's you know you will disaster think it. You will, you will have this spiral of like, well, what if they say this? And what if they say that? And I don't know what I'm going to say if they don't do this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, you know, the, but the thing about it is that nothing changes if you don't try to make the changes. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, and it's not fair to you to have all of that frustration. And, you know, because no matter what happens, something has to change. Either you're acknowledging the fact that these are how you, this is how you feel. And now he knows about it or they know about it. If not, then it's like, okay, well now what do we, do we change it and it's okay? Or does it, it it's, or all do I just things. go like, smoosh <laughs> and smoosh yeah. down my thoughts and feelings, which is what which I is have what you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I'm not saying a lot just because Joss and I had already discussed it and whatever, but as far as the project, like I think that it's just, a misunderstanding like on both sides, I think. And I think that after you have a conversation, I think that the outcome will just kind of be like, Oh, like, okay. Like I think once you talk to the person, um, I think it's just a misunderstanding of which role direction, which direction (laughs) you're going to go for the project. I think that they might've understood that you were more interested in a different aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that they just probably overlooked what was going on. But that's just me. But I think Jules had a very good point of, you know, you just kind of have to be assertive in what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, man. I, I, I've been there. I hate it. It's never fun. It's that pit of the stomach dropping through like you're dropping off a roller coaster. But yeah. it's and, it's but, necessary for your own well-being. Yeah. I like roller coasters, but... <laughs> I don't like this crazy, like the, the lead up to the conversation. And I feel like, um, obviously I'm a very emotional person. So when I go into these conversations, I'm just like, I'm gonna, you know, either fly off the handle and get super angry or I'm going to cry or I'm going to like, I, I just like, yeah, I hard, difficult conversations are really, I almost should be a demon of their own because yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny cause I got, you know, I got a message like a, you know, we weren't talking in voice or anything. And I was like, whoa, what, what? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, where have I been? <laughs> yes. 
Yes, the yeah. explosion. I, I'm like, I need all the information on all the stuff you're working on because I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> and so yeah, she filled me in. and this is going back to like what you were talking about earlier, Jules, with the whole like, be polite, be quiet, push it down, push it down, explosion, awkward. <laughs> uh, okay, done. Yeah, <laughs> sucks. It That's sucks. why when you started talking about that earlier to her, I started smiling because I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same thing. Yeah, it definitely is. It totally is. And I'm I'm completely aware of that. But uh, <laughs> it's yeah. So I'm sure that the situations will uh, in the one in particular that you know about Nevermore, I'm sure is going to be an easy fix. The other one is more of a longer festering like this is the latest thing in a long line of things that really aren't okay so yeah i think um i need i need to get better at having those difficult conversations and making my voice heard because yes. um i find that i need to stop ranting to you guys and to matt and to start actually making positive changes because i think a lot of things would be better I- so proud of you. Well, I haven't done it yet. So don't be proud you yet. Like a sound clip of like opening the sky. Like, oh. <laughs> well, it's, and it's almost like the bracelet, uh, the, the the rubber band bracelet where you snap it to rem- to remind yourself that you're doing it. And yeah. that's you you and I are in the same boat. It's like I'm doing that thing right now mm-hmm. that I hate about myself that I do. You know and what? Jocelyn. What? Nevermore. When you add to-do things to the Habitica thing, <laughs> so say you need to have a talk and you're like putting it off, then it turns, I think it turns red, <laughs> and when you complete it, you get more points. Ah. So that would that would work with your whole like, <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to do this, but I don't want to, but I need to do it. And then I bet your gaming personality was like, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Which then serious business Jocelyn comes out and guys, she's kind of scary. Like <laughs> super serious business Jocelyn, you don't fuck with her, which is really funny because like I can, I can turn super serious business Jocelyn on and like at my previous office job and you know, I could get things done. People heard my opinions. Like, uh, it, things happened. But I can't turn her on in real life. It's it's weird. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm thinking yeah. the relationships are more far-reaching. There's more aspects of my life tied into the conversations. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's um, just the fact that um, I've never really viewed work as that serious or permanent just because I've always had a onwards and upwards mentality. So I never really stayed anywhere for too long before I would, you know, get promoted or or get hired by a different company or whatever. But I I moved around a lot. So I I wonder if that's part of it that I can say like, okay, I can say things, I can put them in motion, and then I'm going to move on. (laughs) And I can't move on from the people in my life. So you know, I'm wondering if that's why I can't just make real life Jocelyn more like business Jocelyn. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, <sighs> business Jocelyn, she gets shit done. <laughs> <laughs> well, business Jocelyn can come out whenever you when you place her into the position, you know, <laughs> um, if you set the mindset to say everything you do is just like um, business related because it's it's your it's the business of Jocelyn. Yeah, exactly. And and that's kind of the, I guess, mindset that I should get in. It's really funny because it's been almost a year now that I've been doing just podcasting and streaming full time. And I'm still I'm still unable to kind of put myself in that space, 
you know, that headspace. And, and that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's definitely something I struggle with is, is actually viewing this as a job instead of a hobby. So that's, that's, that's a whole nother demon. <laughs> this is a stupid quick question, but, and you can answer it fully later. Do, do you think that it makes a difference? And Jules, you too, since like you also work, I mean, from a home thing, but like, does your gaming desk being your business desk affect that? Do you think? 100%. Like, you have, like, okay, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. kind of thinking. I'm like, I wonder if that kind of plays into it. So. I, I wish I had the money to um, have a house that was big enough <laughs> that I had room to have a gaming streaming desk and like an office desk mm-hmm. and office space because that separation would 100% make a difference. Just, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It yeah. would. It would. I mean, I have to really discipline myself. I don't usually allow myself to play WoW during the day, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, because I've got stuff that I need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on a very <laughs> rare you occasion. you and you see Pat, and you guys are like... <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he, busted. <laughs> he does it all the time, and yeah. I just don't work like that. Like, yeah. if I need to get work done, I, can't, I have to separate myself to time. You know, and then, but if I finish up at like three o'clock and I want to go take, lay down and take a nap for a little bit before I go back and start podcasting and working at night, I can do that because I've said, look, I'm still going to get up and I'm going to work. I'm not just going to be done at five o'clock. That's not how it works anymore. Yeah. And that's something, and I feel like this is a whole other conversation for a whole other show, but yeah, um, yeah, working from home and demon for next week. Yeah. Working from home is, is a really good one to cover, I think, because, um, it, it's hard to draw those lines and like, there's a lot of conversation there to be had, but we haven't even touched on Nevermore's demon. Yeah. What is your demon this week? Nevermore. (laughs) (sighs) Mine's harder. Um, (laughs) my demon's hard. Um, Nevermore has a boy demon, apparently. <laughs> well, oh, wow. and you wanted to touch it, so uh, anyway. <laughs> Is he single? It's, it's very. <laughs> I mean, I know every week, like, See on kind of tie in. <laughs> they tie in together a little bit, and this week's, like, no different. Um, stuff I've been struggling with, and it's not. It is semi recently, but I mean, even in the last couple years, um, just knowing who true friends are, like, people I grew up with, um, like just friends from high school, stuff like that. Like, I mean, some of them have moved out of state. Some of them are local, like, you know, but it's, and I mean, it's not like any one thing that's like specifically caused anything, but like, um, just when distance happens and stuff, but like when opportunities have been there to, um, spend time together or to talk and like, that doesn't happen. Um, I don't know. Like it just kind of, it's very disappointing, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, at, and some aspects, like you wonder, like, is it me or whatever? But then like, I have all of you and you know, a lot of my other online gaming friends and I, I don't want it to just be like, Oh, I have online friends. Well, you know, like it, these are people who I've actually met in real life at multiple events and who I care deeply about. And I almost feel like, my friendships are almost leaning more towards my virtual, also real friends versus people I knew. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's yes. like a very yes. diverse separation now and it's, you know, I struggle with it and like, you know, Ben will, you know, try and 
support me in it and say, you know, well, you know, you could be the person who messages first. And like, I feel like in certain instances, like I've done that. And that's where like other attempts or opportunities for them to also step up have been there. And then they don't. So that I get to the point where I'm like disheartened and I don't want to give anymore. Yeah. So that's, and I'm like not going to cry, but I'm like, oh, well, (laughs) Um, but it's your turn (laughs) (laughs) so it's just it's and i don't think about it all the time i guess but when i do like it just makes me sad because like there are people who have affected your life and i know that not everybody stays around you know so you kind of have to accept like people in your are in your life for a reason at certain points Mm -hmm. um but it's still it's hard to accept i guess it's really hard to let people go and actually this is this is one of the demons that i had kind of on my docket of demons to tackle was basically just, you know, how how do you let people go and deal with um, changing relationships and, and, you know, people fitting in different roles in your life now. And for me, I had one, I have one that's, that's quite, um, I think, it's pretty much the same as what you're talking about now is basically my um, best friend from the time I was like 17 until I cut her out right before I moved to Halifax. And basically it was like she was always expecting me to do all the work and always the one to do that, like to drive to see her, to pick her up, to go places, to you know, like be the one to to say like, oh, hey, what are you doing tonight? And then, oh, I'm going out. You should come, blah, blah, blah. And then we do stuff. So um, that kind of just came to a head. And then I just said, all right, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. So done. Like best friend to nothing, like overnight. I was just like, I can't take this anymore. So we're done. Um, yeah. And, you know, like then dealing with the, the fallout of that, of the... Um, you know, like this person was my best friend for 10 years. Like, what do I do now? Like, how do I fill that hole? Do I even fill that hole? Like, and now, I mean, cause I, I guess that was like five years ago now. It's like, well, do I reach out? Do I try to bring this person back into my life? I miss this person, but like, are they worth it? <laughs> so, you know, like uh, dealing with the uh, changing relationships is, is really, really hard. And there is no real right answer because every one of them is so different. I guess I would ask too, Nevermore, like for the the people that you have this with, I mean, are you thinking of the circumstances as something where they were giving something to you as part of the relationship, but that's no longer there and you're kind of mourning that part? Or is it more of seeing it as a, I wish that it still could be that way and I know that it can't? Because our circumstances um, in life have now changed. It's kind of the latter because um, just the way that we've grown up and, you know, for one of them, I didn't know her when I was younger and we grew really close. But then, you know, we both dated people and, you know, life changed. And I think just with life changing, um, I think that they focus on, you know, new things in their life, um, which I guess could be the same, the same for me. I mean, um, there's people that that person would spend time with and it would almost make me jealous. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know the other person very well, uh, encountered a few times, but 
you know, and it's, it's frustrating because it's like, that used to be my spot, you know, mm. and you get like, oh, well, at the same time, like, if she's looking at me, like, that could be her seeing you guys and be like, well, that used to be me hanging out with you, you know, so it's, it's hard. <sighs> Either way, it's hard to, like, decide yeah. that, I guess, so... We'll, we'll have a whole episode on this because I'm sure that there's like so much more to talk about it, but it's just <laughs> something that has been kind of in the forefront of my mind that I've been struggling with a lot lately. So I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Yeah. I really think that, that a lot of times we realize that friends are circumstantial hmm. and you know, if we, let's just put this out there. Like if the three of us all just went separate paths away from gaming and podcasting, you know, one of us moved to Europe and started to drink wine all day, you know, and one of us, <laughs> I guess we know who Jocelyn. that one is as she raises uh, her wine glass. <laughs> and, and one of us decides to go into, let's say a, um, spiritual path and is now like completely detached from all of the physical worth of the world, you know, Jules living in poverty <laughs> with your, with your meditation. <laughs> yep. And, okay, uh, what's Nevermore's new future? I'm excited about this game. <laughs> Nevermore goes totally goth and dark. <laughs> yeah, I move into like the Adams family house. Witchcraft. And have like eight million cats. <laughs> and one corgi to satisfy Ben. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the things that bound us together may not be there any longer. Do mm-hmm. we stay as close as we are now? And the, probably the answer is no, because our paths have deviated. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I that... I don't like this scenario. <laughs> I know, I don't like it either. But, but it's the thing true. About it is that it sometimes happens around you, whether you choose to or not. And I've really started to accept that there are times where there's just going to be people whose paths cross yours for some reason or some purpose and then they are to move on to theirs. You are to move on to yours. And, you know, the spiritual side of V says we're, we're, we are to thank them for their, for their contribution into our lives and mourn maybe like, you know, I missed that or I missed this. And, and the wine side of me says they're big, gigantic jerks and how dare they leave me. So (laughs) I'm going to Europe (laughs) and I'm fucking drinking. (laughs) But yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Jules. Like, it's it's a good thing to have people in your life, and the people in your life are going to be cyclical. They're going to come in and out, and you just have to kind of accept that, because I'm sure, nevermore, that there are a lot of people thinking, I wish that she was a bigger part of my life, and whatever happened to her, and Aww. where did she go, and, and I miss her, and... I hope people miss me. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm I'm sure we all have people who are thinking about us right now in a, gee, I wonder what happened to her kind of way. Maybe less so now because, like, Facebook and stuff, but... <laughs> well, see, but that's what I was thinking is, like, even with with the Facebook world we live in, you know what I mean? Like, there's people who I've met at, like, Nerdtacular and stuff where I might not be the closest, like, we talk about everything together, you know, but we say hi and we hug and, you know, but just seeing their feed of their family or what they're up to and you can like it or they'll see like people um, saw a shirt that said Nevermore on it. And they like, I, I got tagged so many times by so many people <laughs> and you just feel just in that instant, even though it's a link or a like that they're thinking about you, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, they're scrolling past <laughs> but for that split second you know, they're thinking about you and what you're up to, you know what I mean? And it sounds yeah. stupid, but when you're not getting that from someone, 
but you uh, every once in a while see them doing something, you're just like, well, <laughs> like you feel not <laughs> important. So it's yeah, rough. I had, a, I had some friends that were real life friends when I lived in Madison. Um, and uh, for a while, we we're very close to and then um, our paths just kind of drifted. And then suddenly these pictures started showing up on their feed, like with this same other person, like going out to girls nights out, things that I used to do. And, and, you know, this new person is saying, this is my bestie. And this is my, you know, and I'm thinking, man, boy, I miss that. Like that was my bestie for a mm -hmm. while. And so I completely think I'm, I'm close to where you're, where you are in there. I feel like it's, it's similar and, you know, it's just circumstances that are hard and sad. And there's no good answer to it except the fact that I always look at it and say there's always going to be opportunities for, for these amazing new friendships to, to blossom. You know, we didn't expect that the, the, the three of us would bond so closely. And it took a, like, it took a couple years for mm -hmm. that to actually it, just, it, like, it, really... I mean, it was the whole, like, oh, hi, like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, you say hi, whatever, and you talk on occasion. But I, I was going to, like, not try to be sappy about it. Be like, <laughs> we love each other. But, like, it seriously, like, snowballed in growth. Like, I feel so much more connected to both of you. And that's why, like, looking at my, like, more, like in-person relationships you know where I'm like I don't really have like a lot of girlfriends like I have Makala who's local and Bikella who's local and Leontine sorry those are their gamer names but there are a lot of local people who we hang out with because of wow and I love all of them you know but I feel like outside of that like a lot of my other relationships have kind of drifted or changed so I like cherish the fact that I have you guys even though you're forever away from me but and it's an awkward weird thing like how I have to tell my niece like she thinks she's living my computer like, <laughs> you know it, it's weird because it's like this is our bonding time or like when we were doing game nights together and stuff it's like that was our virtual happy hour it's like weird to tell people that yeah but I would consider you guys some of my closest and dearest friends and I love you love you, so. love you too Sappiness is over. <laughs> <laughs> On that super, super sappy note, <laughs> we have some listener mail. Uh, this one came to us from our Discord. You can head on over to discord.gg slash jossplays if you would like to share your story and help support some of the other listeners of the show. Uh, this one comes to us from Rylith? Rylith? How would you, how would you, Jules, go about saying Rylith? I think I know because Relith? earlier I was really confused when you said cleek. <laughs> Oh, I would say click, <laughs> but I let it go in the moment. I let it go. So don't ask me how to say anything. <laughs> in the in the Americas, it's click. Okay. <laughs> well, like it we discussed on the Angry you. Chicken today, um, Canadians put use and emphasize use in all kinds of different places. So that's just what I'm going to chalk it up to. Uh, but anyways... He says, here's my deep. Tell us if we said it wrong, by the way. We would love to learn the correct <laughs> saying of your name if you're going to contribute yeah. <laughs> to the show. <laughs> yes. Relith or Relith? Yes. <laughs> says, uh, here's my demon this week. It's nothing heavy. I have a hard time getting up early. I work as a field service mechanic and I essentially make my own schedule on a daily basis, but I want to get up early and be at job sites earlier. I'm naturally a night owl. Me too. 
And uh, my whole life I've struggled with this. Even when I was in the military, I was always late to work. I didn't know you could be late to work in the military. Like, I don't, I feel like that is just like the punishment to end all punishments if you're late to work in the military. But uh, luckily with this job, uh, I, with this job I have now, it's not a big deal. And I get up and get going. But I just feel like if I could figure out how to be a morning person, everything would be a lot easier. And um, he did follow up to say uh, that he tried a couple of different things. Um, and specifically, I think this that comes a little bit both down to time management and also down to, I guess, expectations of what you should be able to do during the work week. Uh, but basically said, I've tried to go, he said uh, I, that he tried to go to bed earlier. But, you know, if he's getting home at like five or six o'clock and then he wants to cut the grass and that takes an hour and then he wants to have dinner and watch a little bit of TV with his girlfriend and that takes a couple hours and kind of before he knows it, it's time to go to bed because he has to go to bed by 10 o'clock to get a good amount of sleep before getting up early. Um, and I think that that's um, a problem that a lot of us face is, yeah. you know, that you feel like you don't have time to do anything during the week and that you should be entitled to some wow time or some alone time or some reading time or whatever it is. Um, that you should somehow be entitled to it through the week. And then we get um, angry or upset when we can't have those things. But and then so, you know, or we do give ourselves those things and then we get sleep deprived. <laughs> so <laughs> and and I am definitely no one to give advice on this because I am so bad at it. I am such a night owl. I always have been. And uh, I used to do the whole staying up way too late till three or four in the morning, sleeping for three or four hours going into work, working for eight hours, coming home, sleeping for another two or three hours, and then doing the night owl thing. So essentially like splitting my seven hour sleep into two chunks every day, which uh, is so unhealthy, <laughs> so unhealthy. But um, yeah, I think really what is, what is key to this is just, it's like any of the other healthy habits that we've talked about in the past, where it's a habit so it's going to take some time and it's going to take some commitment because you basically have to retrain your body, retrain your brain to get into this kind of a uh, rhythm. And you're going to have to do it all the time. You can't kind of like start the cycle and say like, okay, for a week, I'm going to go to bed at 10. I'm going to get up at six. It's going to be an eight hour sleep. It's going to be perfect. And then on the weekend, stay up till 4 a.m. and then sleep till noon. <laughs> like you're going to have to do it seven days a week for a really long time before your body's going to adjust. And that's actually a good um, example because I was trying to figure out, um, I'm trying to set up the stupid Habitica thing and I'm yeah. struggling with how to break up the different categories. So it's habits and then dailies and then to do's. So then for the habits, I was like, well, why can you make something with a plus or a minus? But just now when you were explaining that, so you say, okay, you know, awake by seven or something or in bed by 10. So if you do it, it's a plus. If you don't do it, it's a minus. And I like, I was trying to think of things in my life, how I would like enter it and it was frustrating me. So I stopped, but that's like, <laughs> a good example of how you would use it. You know, mm -hmm. you're trying to get in the habit and it'll show you, you know, you've done it however many times or whatever. So dude, no, I am not a morning person. So I feel <laughs> you. I don't blame you that it's a struggle. And we have nights where we just have to be like, oh, I've been doing this all day. I just need time to myself, you know, and it's yeah. uh, using your voice to share that. So we need a whole show about time management and yes. like scheduling. <laughs> yeah. Because I know that's something we all struggle with. 
there's not so much a me, procrastination, but hours in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Hours in the day is the tough one for me. I am, I guess I've always just had the type of personality where I'm just like, if something is deemed important to me, like being at work on time, like I cannot be late, that kind of thing. Or I, I've set myself a goal that I'm going to be up at this certain time. I will just do it because I am, I am laser focused on it. And that's just my personality. Like I don't use a snooze alarm. I've never used a snooze alarm, a snooze alarm in my life, even, but I'm not a morning person. I hate getting up in the morning, yeah. but I will just, you know, I will bitch and I will swear, but I will get up. And yeah. I'm proud of you. I can't do that. I have the multiple alarms so I can be like, okay, five more minutes. Okay. Five more minutes. Some days I get up when it goes off the first time, but it's kind of like a safety net of, okay, yeah. I, ju- I just need today. I just need five more minutes or 15 yeah. more minutes. I, okay, I really have to get up now. I literally used to set my alarm for 7 a.m. knowing that my ride always came to pick me up at 5 to 8. I would set my alarm for 7 a.m. I was like, I can get up, I can get dressed, I can eat breakfast and get ready to go. And, you know, 55 minutes is plenty of time. And then I would snooze all the way up until 7.50. 5-0. Not 1-5, 5-0. I would give myself literally five minutes. She would text me and say, okay, I'm just down the road. And I'd be like, I'm just about there. And I'd still be laying in bed in my pajamas. Like, I have gotten the whole getting ready for work thing down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it, but it's it's a terrible habit. It's a terrible habit because now I don't have that kind of like set. I have to be X place at X time. So now I just kind of like sleep when I'm tired, and then I'm awake when I'm not tired, and and my schedule yeah. is all over the place as a result, and it's it's not great. But uh, no mornings. I have never ever ever been a morning person ever. I hate mornings. But it's really funny because any time that I actually have to get up for something then usually I find if there's a reason I have to be up super early, usually by like 11 a.m., I'm going like, oh, my God, I've got so much done, and it's only 11. Yes. <laughs> and and you it feel feels really accomplished. It feels great. But then, you know, usually on the other end of that, I'm super unproductive during my normally super productive hours because I'm, then I'm tired, as I should be, because yeah. I woke up super early. So, I mean, it's all basically like you've got your chunk of time – in your day that you're awake, that's going to be as big as it is, regardless of where you push it. So just take your hours and try to do as much as you can in those hours uh, to make yourself happy. And then as long as you're happy in your awake hours, then the sleep pattern will come. Yeah. I just, I, I've always lived in a world of consequences, you know, <laughs> that world of like, if you are late, you will be, uh, you will get docked or you will, you know, get a, get mm-hmm. a point against you. I've lived in that world for so long that it's like, you know, living in the military in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, this is the rule. You must stick to the rule. You have to stick to the rule. Even now when I work from home, I get up in the morning, I am working by eight 30 and I, you know, sometimes I will let myself sleep till eight and then I will get up at eight 15, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I am working by eight 30 yeah. most of the morning because it is just like you are starting work at eight 30. And, and that's, so that's a it's smart military. way to do it. I know, I, but it's also very, str- on the other side of it, I have no flexibility in mm-hmm. my own mind. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I will get stressed out if I'm running later, if I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, my coffee isn't done and it's 8.30, you know, like, you know. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit extreme. <laughs> but 
but you know, it, it's it's just the it's kind of the opposite. Where whereas I had all the structure, and your minds are talking about like maybe a little less structure, and then so there's consequences on both sides. Mm-hmm stress on both sides. It's just a matter of like, what's your goal for, mm-hmm. for release or relith. I think it's just like, I want to start working earlier and be at job size earlier. Why, mm-hmm. why do you want to be there earlier? What's the motivation? What's the rule and what's the discipline? Mm-hmm. And then who are you disappointing if you don't do it? Mm-hmm. Which from the sounds of it, it, there are no, though negative, like he said, he makes his own schedule so that there's nothing really negative that's going to happen to him. Um, it's just that, you know, the later he pushes his mornings, the later he's pushing his nights. And then so that, yeah, like you said, you need to identify your reason behind that because then what's more important, your extra little bit of sleep in the morning or an extra half an hour with your girlfriend in the evening. Like yeah. if you start putting it into that kind of a perspective and you can say like, okay, here is my trade-off. This is what I'm giving up in order to do this other thing. And you can look at that for, for anything. It doesn't have to be sleep. But just to say like, it's oh, there's an economics word for it: opportunity cost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, where it's, it's like you assuming... you can only do you can only do so much, and you have to distribute your resources in a, in a certain way. And so, your resources, your time. Where do you distribute that time, and what is the cost of your distribution? Well, and why couldn't you make it? See, my mind works totally differently where I'm like, why couldn't you? Obviously, you want to spend time with your girlfriend. And I'm assuming she wants to also spend time <laughs> with you. So depending on whatever her schedule is like, why not make it a fun consequence? Like if you don't get up early enough to be home by a certain time, then she chooses the movie. Or <laughs> if you're not home by that time, you cook dinner that night or do something fun like that, you mm-hmm, know? Yeah. Or... I don't where know, it's I not don't necessarily a slap on the wrist too much, but more but, of a I mean, more of a playful yeah, fun instead thing. Of, yeah, instead yeah. of like a hardcore thing, just be like, okay, well, we'll do this for fun. Or she chooses the movie and you do something else, like a chore or something or whatever. You know, figure out something that'll work for you. You know, if she's part of the incentive of spending time with her and you guys get to relax or whatever. Yep, that's a great suggestion. I feel like I had something else to say, but then now I just totally am blanking on it, so... Obviously, it wasn't that important. (laughs) If I remember it, then I'll put it in the blog post. (laughs) But I'm sure it's not that important. Um, So I think that's probably going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your story with with us. As I mentioned, um, you can share your stories and help support other listeners over at discord.gg slash jossplays. Or you can also send your demons, if you would prefer to remain anonymous, to demonspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at demonspodcast. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at jossplays. You can find me at jossplays.com. Jules, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jules RPG and the other show that I do, which is Torrent Think Tank, is recording on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock central, twitch.tv slash Torrent Think Tank. And Nevermore, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Quota Nevermore, and I'm also on Etsy at uh, geekasylum.etsy.com. It's actually closed right now. <gasps> um, I'm working on updating things. Trying to get new pictures of stuff that I have in stock and get stuff revamped. Now that I have a phone that can reliably take pictures and I can remove those and stuff, that is where I am trying to use that as a positive thing. So, Well, never more. 
I cannot help you with that. I have too much Yay! of my own going, things going on. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> my things are important. <laughs> Yay. Hashtag your see your own worth. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week on this episode of Slaying Demons. All the episodes of the show can be found on JossPlays.com. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.